You hear these locusts? This good old country weather. <laughs> Birds chirping, locusts rattling. <laughs> yes, indeed. Welcome, listeners, back to the Holly Dotted Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Kate Cute Dog. And we have a special voice, a special guest today. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I ain't going to even let, let me shut up. Back up off this. Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I am the Gulf Coast Hippie, also known as Onyx Hippie. But my name is Mia, aka Mia Underwood. That's what my parents named me. So, yeah, any of those three Onyx, Mia, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we have Mia with us today. Uh, she is another special friend, new voice on the podcast. Uh, we've had multiple conversations. <laughs> off the podcast to where I was like, you know what? Let me get you on the podcast, girl. Let me stop playing these games. So here she is. And um tell us a little about you. Like, come on, you you're not just a person with a voice. You 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 do things. Um like where do you want me to start? It's kinda like how it was when we had that conversation at Hella Positive. Like where do I even begin? Um well I'll start there. I'm from Houston, Texas. I am a pretty dope-ass chef slash herbalist slash healer, and I'm just a vibe. Um, I moved to California, where I have had the honor and privilege of working with great companies in the culinary industry, such as Burning Man, Salesforce, um, Mrs. Huey P. Newton, Frederica Newton. Like, I've kind of gotten my feet dibbly wet since being in the bay and yeah that's me now the listeners know how i am you know with this podcast i usually have topics i ain't got no topics we're talking about her because we she got topics we me and her got topics or oh, we got one topic in particular i want to get into that we talked about earlier today burning man she mentioned it before <laughs> Now, I am somewhat familiar with Burning Man. I'm not 100% uh, well, well informed with it. This was before I met Mia, right? I knew my own, you know, little bits and pieces of Burning Man. I knew it was a place where people go out and, you know, trip out and have a good time. And it was mainly <laughs> for white people. That, that, that was my whole thing. So when I met Mia and she told me what she just told you lovely listeners, I was like, Burning Man, wait a minute. You be out there? You be out there? You did that? I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's that's what's up. And she was telling me more. And then and then she told me today. She's like, yeah, I'm going the next week. Trying to come the next one. I said, ah, bringing me and out. Damn, man. What the hell wrong with you? And got the nerve to talk about. I don't know. It'd be too many white people. My nigga, the that's the same stuff. Like people like us have no excuse. Or understanding for stuff like that. So I'm not even going to let you put yourself in that kind of category to minimize experiencing things. Because think of all the people when you said you were leaving from down south to come to California. I know it was people, of course, rooting you on. But at the same time saying, oh, that's too expensive. Oh, they do this out there. Who gives a hell? I'm out there to make my own experience and live my life. And the cool thing about that, I've wanted to participate well, I can't say participate. I've wanted to go to Burning Man since I was in middle school. Like, I remember watching something on CNN 
a CNN documentary and it was showing different festivals. Mm. And I saw that and I was telling everybody, like, I'm going to that. But I grew, like, I would go trail riding. And uh, with trail riding, we camping in the middle of the woods. So to me, one was black people doing it. The other one was fun, like white people doing it on a hippie level type of way with drugs. So I knew, I was like, oh, I could survive in something like that. Like, yeah, I'm with this. Let's go. And then COVID happened, and I didn't realize that one of their, like, super high ups was one of my close friends and neighbors that I was feeding all the time. And, yeah, the position presented itself for me to go out there and be the executive chef, as well as um, cater to the, to all the, um what is it, to the, all the donors and the, like, the social media people that do all their marketing and everything. Honestly, anytime there was an event out there that they needed something catered, I catered it under Onyx Hippie Catering Co. So that was a really cool thing to experience. Like, and to have my dreams just fruition. Because people was like, that's, like, I remember when my mom, I told my mom I was going to go work there. And she was like, whatever, like, okay. And I'm like, mom, it's a big deal. And she was like, yeah, you know how parents are. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, go live your life. It wasn't until she was at work. And my mom works at the University of Houston Pharmacy. And one of her students was like, well, what is your daughter up to lately? And she's like, oh, she's working for some something called Burning Man out in Nevada. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> And then her students pulled it up and started showing her stuff. And she's like, well, I heard it's a big deal. And I'm like, mama, I told you this. I told you. I done told you. You should have been ass. You, when you I told you. other people tell you. Man, you had to let these little white and Asian folk tell you. And I've been told you. You ain't see. But you know how it is with parents. They keep us humble. You know. <laughs> a question so so the whole process of um you know living out your dreams you know you're not necessarily in it for the notoriety you love to cook you know therefore the uh the industry that you're in has these opportunities and you know sometimes gigs like being an executive chef at burning man is going to raise a lot of eyebrows (laughs) about the event do you feel like hmm What's more satisfying, having in in this in this instance, when you say it, when, when you tell them and everybody gets hype, or when they go outside and other people like, what the hell, da, 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 da. and then they come back like, oh, I I, I didn't know, I didn't I didn't know it was to be, uh, I'd have told you, you know that one, because it's like, I, but I'm I'm, and then my people, I'm I'm a very weird, I like, I, there's no one like me in my family. <laughs> So with a lot of what I say I'm about to do, they've finally gotten over that being in fear level to where they just like, have fun and be safe. Like, you know, but they never know where I'm, where I'm at or what I'm about to do. So with them, it's kind of like, no matter what I tell them, before Burning Man, I would tell them I'm doing stuff and they'd be like, eh, you know, but they didn't really pay it attention. Like, I had an edibles business in Houston, and I was telling all my family, because my mom would be like, you need a job. And I'm like, I got a job. Like, I'm paying my bills. I'm having fun. Like, what you mean? I'm slinging edibles, lady. And she, it wasn't until somebody she knew, she was out with some people. Her, my godmom, and my cousin, my mom's first cousin, they all treat me like the little baby to them. You know, like, whatever, go sit your little ass down, you know? 
it wasn't until they were all out at a club or a bar somewhere and they were out smoking and this lady pulled out uh, some edibles and it was my packaging she's like yeah some some tg edibles uh, a tg did something and my mama then looked up and like wait what <laughs> and they came back and told me and it was just, and then from there they were just like i need this i need that and it was like i told y'all and my mama stopped yeah. being like me gonna get a job like my nigga quit playing on my top yeah <laughs> like, i like that so i'm i say that to like and that was six seven years ago but i say that to say like my people just be looking at me like she out there doing her own little thing it like they know everything i'm doing is probably big but it's not until like other people are just bragging about it because a lot of what i do most people in my realm or in my family's realm don't even know about you know so yeah i I love it though i just be telling you stuff it used to hurt my feelings when I tell them and they wouldn't take me serious. I used to get mad when they would come and be like, such and such said this and like, beep. I can't call them bitches, but you get the point. Like, nigga, I told you, punk ass. You didn't want to believe it when it was, I said it. But at this point, like, after Burning Man, now, like, they they, they already know, like, she on some big shit. <laughs> she on some big shit. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's all. And, see, I'm on that type of time where I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, but it's gonna come a point where that when my homies, you know what I'm saying, they're gonna be, you know, out of out of the club or they chilling and, you know, doing whatever. And then they're gonna hear me. They're gonna be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Somebody gonna be watching you. Yeah. They're gonna be like, yeah, what you like, yeah, bro, you ain't heard this nigga KQ, but this nigga, this new nigga that he fired, bro. This nigga late nigga. I I listen to all his shit, bro. Yo, this nigga you know how long this nigga been going since like twenty sixteen, nigga. This nigga got heat. Baby, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, been there, been there, and you be like it's it's a very um it's a very very satisfying feeling I'd say for you as the person to have that happen because it's like all this time I was working I was telling y'all what I was up to you wasn't trying to see the vision the way I was showing you the vision and it took you seeing outside is paying the attention to even realize what I got which really agitates me because that's something we really have bad in the black community. Like, if I'm doing it, why do you have to get the the approval of the world before you realize that I'm really doing some shit? Like, you see it's good, you know it works, why you can't help me advertise to get it to the world? Mm-hmm. See, now, now you see why I want her on the podcast. She is definitely highly dotted material, goddammit. <laughs> Jola, people. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but no, but I mean, you know, I guess. Well, period in the sentence to what you're saying, because I, because what I'm saying is not going to respond. It's not a response for the black community. Mm-hmm. I am going to say, um, it comes with a motivation like a fire, not necessarily like you know, fuck y'all, but like, okay, it is a fuck y'all, like a fuck y'all. Let me, like, not no negative fuck y'all, but the the fuck y'all you do to your cousins when they making fun of you, and you like, man, fuck y'all. I'm go do this and then come back and show them like, aha, I got a popsicle like when you were kids, you know? It's yeah. like that kind of fuck y'all. Okay, then yes, it is that type of fuck y'all. <laughs> do you watch The Shop? Yeah. The podcast? Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the recent, ep- well, one of their recent episodes where it was Tiana Taylor, Babyface, Tabitha Brown, the founder of The Hundreds Club. Like, all of them were on there on one episode. 
and um they brought up the situation between Wendy Williams and uh and um Tabitha Brown and how when Tab- I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when Aunt Tab said that she was gonna retire her husband and Wendy Williams was kinda like, Oh, he's gonna fuck over her and do this, this and this. Mm-hmm. So they brought that up on the podcast and they were like, So do you get motivated when people try and throw mud or do you like, is it an angry, are you motivated by that, or are you motivated by just staying in your own lane? And Tiana Taylor was like, it's called giving, it's a motivation, a, a motivational great. Or, uh, what did she call it? I'm going to have to go back and look. But she was like, it's giving them grace as along with my competitiveness of me showing you, like, bitch, I did this, you know? Motivation. But I'm going to still give you grace. Like, I don't know if it was motivational grace. I cannot remember exactly what she said, but it was like, I give them grace. And then they use the example of the Wendy Williams situation. And it's like, mm, a lot of times people be projecting what we never know what people are going through. So when they say this, they say that it's just out of projection most of the time because they are scared to do something. That doesn't mean I have to take it personal. But when I do it, I'm, that's where the grace side comes in. When I do it, I'm not going to be in your face on a, ah, look, you remember that time when you hated on me? You didn't want me to do this. Look at me now. No, it's not like that. It's in the motivational way of, I hope you see, you said I couldn't do this, but look at me now. Maybe that'll motivate you. I'm going to still give you the biggest hug out there. You probably still going to get a ticket to come to whatever I'm doing. You know? Like, and she said, you lead it with grace. And I was like, I can understand that Mm. and appreciate that. Mm. I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to watch it again, but it was great. I was like heavily sedated on meds when I watched it. <laughs> well, no, nah, it sounds really good. I like that. I mean, if anything, I think uh, that's how I—that's how I like to move um, musically, lyrically, songs nowadays. You know, I don't really have a—you know—because you gotta, you gotta have some type of source. You know, you gotta stem your songs from some type of emotion. So when it comes from like my more. I don't want to get into my music back too much, but when I get into more of my uh, melodramatic songs, you know, it really stems from a hurtful place. And this person hurt me and I'm going to show you that you're not. And that's what Babyface said. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, I, when I, like I said, with any emotion I get, especially when it's like, uh, you know, anger or, or sadness or anything that would, I wouldn't, I'm not going to categorize this negative, but you know, it, it, do, it doesn't, I have a hard time expressing myself when those type of emotions come up. So the best way I do it is write. I make songs, I write music and I, you know, write out my emotions in music form. And when I write that shit, that shit sounds fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, so that's just, and I guess the part, the, the whole part of recording it, releasing it, marketing it, blah, 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 you know, um, you know, I, I I enjoy the journey more so than the end result. So, you know, I'm so into it where the person that the person that's going to play my song, that's going to spark the conversation of, you know, I remember KQ from this and that. I'm thinking about which song did they play? <laughs> which, which, what, what part of my career, you know, what, what song or what project did that, did that person play for y'all to have that moment? You know, what song mm-hmm. that made everybody be like, oh, KQ is finally arrived. You know what I'm saying? After five projects of XYZ, you know, I'm still waiting for 
the one song <laughs> that that the I mean, song. but you don't know. You might have already made the one song. Look at Coco Jones. That song I See You. She brought the she released that song in 2018. It's just starting to get traction in 2023. Mm. Well, you, you say it like that. I feel like the album is already released. <laughs> And and that's how you gotta live with it. Like as far as you know, it's already done. You know, you've are it's already been accomplished. You've already set the tone. It's just when is the time for when is your time may not have come yet for it to have been out there, or for it to be at that height of its level. But the project might for all you know already be done. Like and that's what we gotta keep our confidence or like that's what I use to stay grounded and stay official in whatever I'm doing. And because at one point in time it was, oh, I'm trying to get to the, I want to make sure I'm doing the best thing or it's going to be the hit or the way that's going to really get me known. And it's like, man, fuck that. I do what I do because I love what I do. Like at the end of the day, it's all going to pop and it's all going to be fire anyway. And it only gets better and better, but I can't allow myself to be, to have that in the fog of the haze of what already comes with being a creator, you know? Indeed, putting extra, putting extra shit on myself. I got you. Mhm. And you bad, but you got that bad. Oh, you got that bad though. See, I, you know, and that—that's what I'm saying. Like, this ain't, this ain't a hobby. This ain't something that I just, you know, like to do in my spare time. This is my life. I made big, grown decisions to make sure I keep aspiring in the music industry. So therefore I don't, I never think that, you know, uh, I don't, I don't have what it takes. Uh, it's just those reminders. But no, that I was pretty much it. You know, I, I'm glad that we, we started off with the motivational tip, you know, you know, all the time that I have special guests, we always have to get to the, the core, the core values, you know, um, and also let me ask you this question and then we can get into some foolishness. Um, <laughs> this is the, highly dotted, the highly dotted podcast. Um, can you give me, give, give us the, uh, oh, well, you got, actually, never mind. You already did it. I was going to say, can you give us a highly doubted story, uh, a, a, a time where you were highly doubted, but you gave us like two or three. So I'm always highly doubted. <laughs> You know, um, but shit, no, I, I guess, I guess uh, we could skip over that. Let's get into some foolishness. <laughs> um, so, um, I want to talk to you about certain things, and and, and see, it's good. I, I wish I had my other co-host here. We'll think, you know, one day we'll get us all on the same time schedule. We can all have a great dynamic of these topics. But since you're here individually, you are a new lady, your own, your own woman, your own brain. These are going to be topics mm-hmm. that I brought up before, but I just want to hear your thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> so there have been things that have been circling around um, in terms of uh, these athletes, these ballers, and their side chicks. Now, I don't know if you've been uh, paying attention, but do you know Zion Williamson? No. <laughs> Zion Williamson is a uh, basketball player, young 22-year-old basketball player for the New Orleans Pelicans. So he was out. Oh, the one that did the baby shower. 
Like yes. he did a huge baby shower. All I saw was the baby shower. I didn't know something went wrong from that. The girl well, was five well, well, see what what happened was, as he 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 was announcing to the world that he has a child, a baby girl, and uh, his girlfriend was pregnant with a baby girl. After this, since that time today, two two chicks have came out of the woodwork and was like, uh. Congratulations. Oh, Hope I'm not damn. pregnant too. Oh, Hope. they petty. They... <laughs> Where is the etiquette? Where is the law? What, what's why are y'all not why? even funny? That was the not first y'all. thing I was wondering. Where is the etiquette? Like that's the thing with these side chicks these days. Dudes gotta people period. Side pieces have existed for the web the world you know for generations eons jesus had a side piece as far as we know you know oh my god don't you bring jesus i mean but dead i mean but dead egg like there's always been one you know well i'm not even gonna go there that's another topic for another time point being (laughs) as far as we know especially in the athletic side of things like even from your grandpa them time your grandpa can tell you about the side chicks you know but they weren't it seems like more and more over time they getting bolder and bolder and bolder to where even when if you go back to the early 2000s they had a little bit of respect or discretion because they weren't um they didn't get they didn't get no fame when nobody worried about you that was kind of embarrassing to say oh um you know i'm I'm putting myself out here as a side piece everyone is known for having a side piece it's just an unspoken thing but for you to try and be the one to blast somebody when you knew what you were getting into back then that was frowned upon these days these hoes get their little two three minutes of fame you know and it catapults them into something else so that's the thing with this social media era and like your generation and i hate saying shit like that because i used to hate when the elders said it to me but real talk your generation and the fact that y'all have social media right there everyone wants to be famous you know everyone feels there's a way to be famous and with the way technology and social media work these days it's kind of sort of true you know Mm. so like no and i feel like these boys need to start making these whole sign ndas the same way the white boys do like Mm. whether it be girls or boys like no 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 like for one y'all ain't learned from them girls I feel like I thought we already made it. We normalized athletes signing, making these whores. I mean, not whores. Let me stop na- putting names on people. Making mother truckers, whether you're a male athlete or a female athlete. I thought we have already made it normalized for them to start, like, doing um, NDAs. After that one athlete got caught up a couple of years ago with some girl and after Bill Cosby. Like, even just for that stuff alone, y'all should have him signing NDAs. You know? I understand. You know. I know. And you got so much on the line. Like they could have been the the way that that uh that um that baby shower went, I was like, oh the homie was gonna get so many deals. Talking about the boy, like all the endorsements he was gonna get as a family man, you know, and you a New Orleans Saints player. Now people will still endorse you, but you ain't gonna get that Disney money, <laughs> you know? New Orleans Pelicans, but yes. No, but I'm saying, like, the endorsements, like, the Disney, nor like, endorsing people from New Orleans on the Disney side. Like, even if he's a trash-ass player, the way that baby shower was set up, it could, or the way the, the way his, his team and his public team had it all over, 
it could have got him hella endorsements with family-known companies such as Disney. That's why I say you can kind of fuck yourself on that Disney money. So wait, wait, okay, and hold on. I just, I just want to clarify. You are not familiar who 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 Zion Williamson is. I am very familiar who he is and the, the Pelicans. I'm saying when oh. I say Disney money, I'm using that as like a, a rhetoric or a metaphor. Like, you know how when the athletes win a game or something, it's like, I'm going to take my family to Disney. Stuff like that, you know? And he represents the city of New Orleans. That could have, and New Orleans is a major known city. Companies like Disney, companies like Ford, you know, they reach out to them to get people from their cities there. So that's what I mean when I say Disney. You ain't getting that Disney money now. You can get some Playboy money or some shit. Hustlers. Damn, yeah, but he no. was getting set up to basically be he could have been another Russell Wilson for he could have the way it was getting set up with the way like him premiering the them premiering they're about to have that baby girl and the way New Orleans was surrounding him he could have like they could have been setting them up to be Russell Wilson and Sierra from baby eight you know Damn, tell you, he dropped that that's bag. what I mean by that he dropped that bag I got you yeah now do you give me I'm sorry I don't know if I wasn't explaining it right but no, that's no, no, what no. I mean I'm like what we both said, I look at it big picture. Like, I ain't looking at this little small. I'm looking big, you know? God, think big, bitch. Nigga, smile. Yeah, think big, bitch. You know that happened in good old Oakland. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. You know. I was, I, the dude that did that think big, bitch, he from Frisco. But he lived in Oakland, I think. <laughs> One of them damn surrounding Bay Area towns of ours, you know? <laughs> But that's what I mean by that. Like, make these hoes sign NDAs. Like, at the end of the day, everybody kind of steps out. Because even if you could be with somebody with 10, 12 years, I'm, I'm a big fan of it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Huh. Don't be out here embarrassing. Well, so let me ask you a question. Are, are you Are you in the... Are you in the mindset in your professional career to where you would have NDAs as a possibility? Uh, I think about that every day, but I'm really, really careful who I fuck around with because of stuff like that. I know at some point I'm going to be famous. I know. And I'm also a Southern Belle, so I'm real secretive and private anyway. At, At least on that level. I'm pretty open as a book with everything else, but... Stuff like that. I'm real low-key moving. You know? But I do... It's also the caliber of men I talk to, too. Like, them athletes don't be giving a damn. She fine. She pretty. She got clout. I'm gonna fly her out. <laughs> oh, that was around. Well, let's flip it. Would you, if a dude came to you and said, you gotta sign this NDA, would you sign it? Fuck yeah. Do you know how many NDAs I have signed? Oh. Like, that's the thing. Once again, I told you, I worked for a company such as Burning. Oh, well, yeah. Salesforce. Companies, companies. Salesforce. Like, not even just companies-wise. I've done parties where people have hired me to, like, cater under my own brand. And I show up, and then it's this big-ass mansion, and somebody like, uh, so I need you to sign this NDA. Okay, who the fuck am I working for? Sign this NDA, and I'll tell you. Okay, good. So an NDA isn't anything to me, because... I don't give a fuck about telling people business. And then as being a private chef dealing with celebrities and stuff like that, like I said, Mrs. Huey P. Newton, 
you got like I'm supposed to be a fly on the wall anyway like you might as well compare me to the chef off the fucking Sopranos like we I'm not I'm not no so for me if a a person I'm dating and because I'm already in a lifestyle where NDAs are moved I wouldn't give a fuck like sure I don't I don't feel like anybody needs to know who you are anyway that and I'm not that kind of person I feel like that's the same way with alimony I mean with having people sign prenups why you don't want to sign this prenup Cletus even if it gives you like full whatever you got you know how well, I'm not saying all prenups but those prenups where it's like it gives you if they're not giving you shit in the prenup hell not don't sign shit but if it's set up to your liking to where you'll be set up if God forbid you and this person break up and you on that note no I'm not signing it I'm not signing it why you not, why you not signing it you know you got some ulterior motives. You know you finna go blabbing around my, your mouth about you know. Does that make sense? That's how I feel when it comes to an NDA. Like I don't mind signing it because I don't give a fuck. I'm here for the experience. And I ain't gonna lie, that's a level up. What nigga? I can't wait to tell my homegirl. This it's a nigga, but I can't tell you who he is. But bitch, he had me sign an NDA. <laughs> like, I ain't gonna lie, that's still gonna happen. Like, just the southern girl in mind frame I got, like, bitch. Let me tell you, I can't tell you who this nigga is, but nigga had me sign the NDA. Wow. No, I mean, you know, you just, I mean, privacy is such a. <sighs> privacy don't exist these days. I feel like privacy is something that needs to be. It's, it's now a boundary that you have to actually... I feel like it was an unspoken boundary that everyone had. But these days, it's like... It's kind of like the border wall Trump tried to put on. We want that bitch big and seen. And it's such that it has to be that way these days. That conversations like that even have to be had. And not even conversations. Legality. You know? That ain't even a conversation. That's full-on legal. But at the end of the day, is is my empire worth this moment? This less than four, less than a week, less than seventy two hours moment? You know, no, for me it ain't. Well, that's well that well that's us because we have different things and different missions to accomplish. That that is. That. I feel like the athletes should see it even bigger because they get big big money. Athletes are incentivized to worry about the bread before, over the game these days. Um, Evidently, not if they're doing stupid shit like that. You wasn't worried about the bread or the game. Yeah, so that is the end of episode 61.5. That bonus episode, Mia, was lovely. Um, she will be back and we'll have another special voice with us when she returns. So stay tuned. We have a whole bunch of more bonus series and bonus content coming. So, you know, subscribe. And also at the same time, just because these voices are new, I'm definitely uh, letting these fly off, fly off the hip. We're not really doing the payroll thing on, on, on brand right now. But as time goes on and they get more frequent on the podcast, we will have the wall. But right now, please enjoy the bonus episodes and more bonus episodes coming too. Again, I'm your host, KQ Dog, and I'm out.